It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. The Women's Six Nations Show on OTB Sports. In association with Vodafone. Proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Yes, you're very welcome along. It's Ashton O'Reilly here with you for the OTB Women's Six Nations show. Ireland started the campaign with two losses at home to Wales and away to France. But last week we saw them get their first win at home to Italy in Musgrave Park. 29-8 was the final score. A brilliant and much needed win. But a massive game lies ahead this weekend. It's away to England at Welford Road this Sunday and it kicks off at 12pm. Delighted to say that I'm joined by former Ireland international Fiona Hayes. How's it going Fiona? Ashley, what's the crack? How are you? Good, good now. And Ali Donnelly, the founder of Scrum Queens. How are you, Ali? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. And Ali, I'm going to come to you first. We're coming into the round four of the TikTok Six Nations. It's mad that we're already here at this point. But have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, I think it's been a really enjoyable competition, even though we've had one team kind of racing away from everyone else because it has felt like, you know, four or five years of growth wrapped up in sort of a six week period. And that's been great to see the crowds. Yeah, I'm based in London, so I've been able to see the crowds over here have been massive, you know, record kind of broadcast interest in media coverage. So yeah, I think, and the weather, I mean, the weather in Cork didn't look great there last <laughs> week, but the weather generally has been good. The forecast is good for the Ireland game this weekend. So I do think playing in April just gives you that little bit extra as well as all, all the rest of it. Absolutely. And for you, Fiona, have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good to watch. As Ali said, we've seen teams develop. Uh, you looked at Wales before, you know. I really talking into that game on um, what it's seen last year that it would have been um, um, that they, that Ireland would have come away with a big win. But they've obviously worked really hard. Um, they seem like a more compact unit. You know, I think bar the top two teams, I think we're seeing that everyone is kind of developing in different ways. Obviously, Wales, Italy, probably are looking at that World Cup, and and Scotland, Ireland were kind of on a different level then. They're trying to get something up and running. So I think each game has had like um, interesting kind of aspects of it and different focuses in different areas. Some some teams are rotating squads and some and some teams then are trying to see what their best squad is going into this World Cup year. Yeah, a lot of impressive performances as well. And we've seen that Ireland did get their first win against Italy in Musgrave Park. 29-8 was the final score there. Ali, this was a much needed boost for them. Yeah, they had to win it, um, especially after that Wales loss and knowing that they were going to be losing a lot of players against Scotland. I thought they were really good. I also thought Italy were really poor and very disappointing, actually, because they even they had a terrible start. The, 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 the schedule for them was terrible, England and France first. But they played well enough against France. So they, they were pretty disappointing. But like you only beat what's in front of you. And Ireland did well, scored some really good tries. And I think we're starting to see the emergence of some good partnerships, which sadly are absent this weekend. But... You know, Stacey Flood, Eve Higgins in the centre is two really talented players. I think Higgins is, there's no breakthrough kind of award in the Women's Six Nations, but she'd certainly be in with a shout of getting it because she's been fantastic. Yeah, a lot of impressive individual displays and I think a much better performance as a whole, Fiona. Yeah, definitely much better performance. The thing that impressed me the most, um, Ashleen, was the set piece. Um, I know, you know, it wasn't absolutely outstanding either, but they focused on areas which 
people were looking out for them to look at. So the, the line out, we were wondering why all the movement and there were still miss miss hits and miss lifts and stuff like that. So they went for basic line outs and it worked really, really well. I think they built their confidence up that way. They got their mall rolling a few times. They seemed to lock down the scrum a lot better. The height was much lower. Um, I thought the cohesion was a lot better. So these are areas going into England, they're going to have to have extra tight and really, really good because we know what England and we know what damage they can do. So to see them make a step up against um, against Italy, although Ali was correct, probably Italian team let themselves down in that game. I, I, I thought they overplayed at times, but you have to take your hat off to Ireland. I think once they built the confidence up, we saw good rugby. And it was that. It took them a little time to break into that game, Ashley. And once they did we can see what confident players do. We could see the partnerships. They look like they were enjoying the rugby and certainly the crowd, I will say, was absolutely Baltic down there, but certainly the crowd down in Cork and especially the kids were absolutely loving it. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What was the crowd like and the atmosphere? Obviously, it was brilliant to see a game in Musgrave Park and, of course, them getting their first win. Yeah, it was brilliant. Now, a lot of people are starting to confuse me as a Cork woman because I've based here 11 years. I'm living in Cork and uh, my Limerick accent, although I was told the other day, my Limerick accent is the thickest they've ever heard. So I'll take that. But no, it was just brilliant. I think once Roby, um, the stadium was rocking, the kids were absolutely loving it. They really got behind the team. Um, you know, there was some emotional things after the game. We saw Nicola Friday's sister who'd been away. They, they were able to get footage of her running up into the crowd. And I was actually... My, my head is sticking up in the front to some of the video I didn't even realise but but you could see her getting it up and she was, she just loved it they all the players stayed around they made those connections with the kids and I think that's what's so important and I've seen a lot of it in this Six Nations they are now their role models I spoke before how you know I looked at Jason McIntyre or, or certain other people you know and it was always because I love soccer it was always male soccer players but now we're seeing girls going their dads are bringing them they're looking at the likes of Sam Monaghan you know Amy Lee Murphy Crow they're getting the pictures and they're staying around talking to them so I think it's absolutely brilliant and this Six Nations definitely having a separate window has really emphasised that and it's exciting for women's rugby. Yeah absolutely and a win like that Ali you can't underestimate what that can do for a team to finally know that they have that first win of 2022 under their belt you know to really push them on now motivate them and give them that confidence. Yeah and, and I think as well knowing that the next game was against England away you know it was just a must win match really wasn't it to back up all of the kind of little bits of and little pockets of good stuff that we'd seen in the previous games, but the losses, and as you pointed out, you know, set piece got really, you know, it tightened up, improved, etc. And they managed to pull some things together, hadn't quite worked for them over the 80 minutes. So yeah, it will give them a lot of confidence. But you know, the way the way it's happening now and the team they they're gonna pick for this weekend, you know, I, I wonder at the end of the Six Nations how we'll assess Ireland over the course of it, just you know, with that win. I think it's interesting that when they're going to go into the Scotland game, they're not going to win in Welford Road this weekend. I think we can we can probably all agree that. But that's, what? that Scotland game. <laughs> Fiona is, shocked. The Scotland game is going to be fascinating because mm. they're another team, bit like Ireland, not really getting the rewards for some of the good things they're doing. Mm. And they're going to come over pretty confident because they're going to say, well, we're playing a second choice backline here. Uh, let, let's go for this. And Scotland have done some good things. So, yeah, you're right. The win was really important, but not just because they needed it, but just because the end of the assessment of the Six Nations, you don't want to be bottom of the table. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into all of that because we've a lot of squad changes, uh, as you've mentioned, because of the sevens, and we're losing a lot of players to that. But uh, quite interestingly, Fiona, Baby Parson, she started, that was her first game she started, but now she's gone to the sevens. It, it's sort of a strange one. I don't know what you think. Do you think... 
it was the right choice, I suppose, having her in there for just the one game and then she's gone again. Or, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's what did you make of that? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit shocked on that. I thought if there's one player that could have stayed and benefited playing was, was Baveline because... Um, she looked like her form wasn't quite at the place where she had been, you know, last year. Her confidence looked low. I mean, down in Italy, uh, against Italy, we saw she was stripped maybe two or three times. That's very unusual for her. It was her first start. I just felt like she wasn't the explosive player we've seen. And it wasn't that, you you know, that other teams are marking her her now and, and that her game is readable. It wasn't that. It was it was just literally that her confidence wasn't in a good place. So, so to go to the sevens, I understand what they've done in the sevens and they've had those connections. And this has probably been planned since pre-Six Nations. I know McNulty has been in contact with Greg all the time, but I, I definitely thought she's a player that would have benefited staying. She would have done a lot for Ireland. She would have got, um, and she would have built her own confidence back up because we know it's over in Canada and everyone wants to play in this World Series, but it's not very important that they're, they've already qualified for the, the sevens World Cup. So um, it's an interesting one. It's, it's they've obviously it's in sevens are invested um money wise and look they've they've gone with their best team and she would be one of their better players on the sevens team but it going forward i think they're going to have to look at form and 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 how best to integrate these players in and out not just have them all gone yeah absolutely and something that's quite interesting as well just the way that italy have qualified for the world cup ireland haven't is it a bit of a statement as well ali to say look we should have been there you mean the 15s World Cup? The 15s, yeah, in autumn. Yeah, yeah I think so. Although it'd be, Ireland would be better off just forgetting about the 15s World Cup now and just thinking on the on the plus side, we've got an extra year. You know, we've got a year on everybody. This is a shortened cycle too. I think people forgetting that. It's not a four-year World Cup cycle. It's a three-year World Cup cycle. So a lot of teams coming back out of you know, they come back from New Zealand, the European teams in particular, in November, December. They don't have a four-year cycle to replace players and to get used to things, and Ireland do. Um, so I think they should just, you know, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of we should have been there, but to be honest, who cares? They're not there. Um, they just got to move on and try and focus on the next thing. And I, I think on the Parsons stuff, yeah, she hasn't, I mean, she's coming out of an injury, um, you know, so they're obviously trying to manage her back into the team, but it, it has been a bit, you know, strange the way the selection has happened and she hasn't looked fighting fit. I mean, I do think we have very good wingers um, in, in the squad generally. So, you know, we were able, I guess, to, you know, cover the fact that she wasn't at her best or wasn't playing. But yeah, I think I agree. It would have been great to see her stay behind, to take seven out. So it's a lot. Yeah, and it must be tough on her too, you know, coming off the bench and knowing that everybody's wondering and asking questions and waiting for, you know, this superstar that, you know, we've all seen. It must be tough on her to have to come out and, I suppose, uh, want to put in that big performance when she hasn't had the game time too. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing a hell of a lot more of her OTB Six Nations show. It's with thanks to Vodafone, proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. And Fiona, you've got a team for us this week. It's not the team of the week. Um, it's a little bit different this week just because we had that break week for Easter. So you have a team to look out for. Yeah, um, I know some of the squads haven't been released yet, but um, I, I think I'm a bit of insider knowledge. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. But I, I, I got some 
people that I thought have been playing really well. So uh, Lou said I'd Leah Bartlett from Scotland. I think she's been doing really well around the pitch and the scrum is holding up well. Um, Neve Jones from Ireland. I think we have to clap her on the back. There's been a lot of talk about Kleena Maloney and she's done really well. Sarah Byrne, immense at tight head. Um, Abby Ward, um, second row from England as well as Sarah Byrne. Um, Medusa Fall from France has been uh, immense first game in particular and I think she's getting, you know, she's not as highlighted in the last few games, but I think she's going to have a cracking game this weekend. Um, Alicia Butchers, absolutely brilliant uh, back row for Wales. Um, Marley Packer, you can't probably have a team without her in it. She's been doing amazing stuff for England as well, um, killing it on the pitch. Um, Jade Congle from Scotland. Um, I talk about her a lot. I think she's really, really good. I know she'll be disappointed with that um, that knock on at the base of the scrum, but she still was outstanding in that game against Wales. Um Laura Sansous from France at nine. Uh, you know, since she came on as a sub, she's really brought it. Um, I think it's going to be interesting at 10. I have Nicole Cronin um, without Stacey Flood outside her. I'm really looking forward to see how she can control things in that game because I know a lot of people think it was Stacey that was big chatter on the pitch, but I know Nicole and and I think this is going to be a good game for her, whether she gets as much ball, but she'll defensively be brilliant, I think. Um, Sarah McKenna from England, we talk a lot about the other wingers, but she's been absolutely on form. I think she's been having cracking games. Um, Italy, Beatrice Rigoni, another player who has who's had some good phases of play um obviously last week Italy be disappointed but I think in general she she's another one to watch out for and, and she offers a lot to that Italian team um Philippon at 13 from France a men's player and the two centers in general, Vernier as well. They've built up a nice little relationship, but um, Philippon has been excellent in defense for me. She's been really, really good. Um, Aoife Doyle from Ireland is will definitely, I think, slot in the wing this week. And it's going to be interesting how Ireland defends. So I, I, I'm looking at that. You know, she got her start last, she should definitely be starting this week. And we know England will have a lot of balls. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she can do defensively. And then um, from Wales, this was a, a tough one. There was Welsh and the Scottish fullback, but I went with Kayleigh Powell from Wales. She's been really, really good as well, and and she's definitely a player to watch out for. And I think she'll give she'll give France a lot of people talk about Jasmine Joyce, and I think she's sucked in defenders because she's so good, and that's given Powell more time on the ball. Yeah, extremely strong team there, Fiona. It's a tough job to be able to pick it. And Ali, would you've made any changes to it? Um, I think in terms of people to watch, there's a, there's a couple I I throw in. I think the ten your choice ten is interesting because I think. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Jesse Chamorlet play against Andres Nosel this weekend for two different reasons. I think Wales have really struggled to kick themselves out of trouble. And the fact that France have gone with Chamorlet again, who's not really a 10, she's a 15, is really interesting because, God, she's probably the best kicking 10 you know, in the, in the competition. So I think it's a clear strategy there. You know, let, let's put Wales under pressure in the corners and let themselves, you know, play out of trouble because Snowsell doesn't have the longest kick in the world. So that's th- those two, I think it's hard to pick a 10, but I, I was looking at them too. The other one I definitely throw in the mix is Caroline Bujar, who's going to start on the left wing for France. She's been injured, but when she's played and been fit for France, she's been unbelievable. She's a tri-scoring machine. And I think that game Friday night, France-Wales, down in Cardiff at you know, 8 o'clock on a Friday night. It's going to be great. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. Um, and just sticking with the wingers, I think Abby Dow is a big loss for England. I know England have great depth, um, but she looked like one of the very few nailed-on starters because mm. they've you know you never know what their start their best team is. Um, but Jess Breach likely to come in there and, and you know she does score tries 
at will. She, I think she's got a bit of work to do in her defence, so it'd be great to see Ireland, you know, target her and put her under some pressure if she starts because, you know, she doing that, um, you know, she, she's young, she's a little bit inexperienced defensively, but let's see. So, yeah, I think it's a very good team and hard to pick it. Yeah, and somebody from Ireland that probably would have been in there, Fiona, it was Sam Monaghan. Yeah. She's been immense in the first three games um, and it's it's so sad to hear that she's injured now and she's not going to feature against England. Yeah, she has just been outstanding, a real a real standout and the skills, the offloads from a, from a second row have been just so good. She's almost like a back row the way she gets, she gets she's that hybrid type of player. I'm sure she could play six as well if, if need be, but she's a player Ireland will will miss, I think, physicality-wise. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in. I know you have the likes of Aoife McDermott waiting on the wing, but she would be a very different type of player to Sam for me um, because Sam is just that physical. She's she's that great scrummager. She offers big carries, but around her rocking, her clear outs are really, really good. And she's just, you can see, you know, she's probably, Ali, know this, Ali, is she like, would she be high up in the Prem? I know she's with Wasps. Would she be someone to watch playing Premiership Rugby each week as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, any, anyone who makes, you know, the 22 or the starting team for one of the Premiership top sorts of five, six teams is going to give you quality because they're getting great competition week in, week out. There are no pushover games. The games are tight. So, yeah, definitely just bringing that experience. And also bringing experience from England. You're playing England this weekend. You know, they, yeah. they understand, you know, who who's in front of them better than anyone. So, yeah, I think that'd be a good, that would be a good choice. But Monin is a huge loss. I think... She's been in, unbelievable, actually, how good she's been. And I think if we're picking players of the championship, I'd, hopefully she'll get back for Scotland. Yeah. She's got to be in the mix, even though Ireland towards the bottom of the table. Um, just with that, Ali, as well, I remember every game when Claire Malloy was playing, you know, and she was probably one of the few that played over in England. Actually, every game against England, she was absolutely immense. She'd be smiling going out in the pitch. She knew that it was her, her time to shine and she never disappointed. Yeah, and there's something as well extra, isn't there, when you're playing against these players week in, week out, and you know them very well, and some of them are your friends and so on. Yeah, it gives you, you know, you don't need extra motivation to play for your country, but maybe a tiny little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, there's an extra rivalry when it comes to England. And just a reminder to keep an eye on Wednesday Night Rugby each week. We're going to be giving away tickets to every home game for the Women's Six Nations with thanks to Vodafone, proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. As we chatted there, it's England versus Ireland this Sunday in round four. The Irish are away to England at Welford Road and it kicks off at 12pm. So we might get into a bit of a, a deeper chat about this, ladies. So Ali, we might come to you first, just on England the English side, they've won 21 games in a row. They've strength and depth in their squad. It's just immense that the, the form they're in at the minute. Yeah, this is the best England team we've ever seen. It's, pro- it's you know, we ha- maybe can't say this until they've won the World Cup, but you know, I think arguably one of the best teams the women's games ever seen, full stop. Um, their strength and depth is, is their great asset. You know, just before we came on, Fiona and I were tossing around sort of second rows and back rows for England. And, you know, I just remember that Zoe Oldcroft, who's the World Player of the Year, isn't even in the team at the moment because she's she's coming back from injury. So, yeah, they're, they're phenomenal. And, you know, fair play. They're riding the crest of a wave here in terms of interest in them and the women's game here. I think, you know, there are 15,000, 16,000 tickets sold already for Sunday. They're really hopeful they can push it beyond the 20K mark. So we'll break a world record there in terms of, of crowds. So, yeah, I mean, in in a way, it's the worst possible time Ireland could be playing them away from home with this issue going on in the background with players being taken out because they've never been better and we've probably never really been as inexperienced. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're a class team. 
Yeah, it's going to be a massive challenge for Ireland. And Fiona, have you been impressed with them so far? Oh yeah, they're so good to watch. You know, I've done a bit of analysis on um, on them in a few games now, and you could look at all areas. They're scoring tries from everywhere. There's there's chip in behind. There's there's rolling malls. There's pick and go tries. There's there's flat line running. There's spots out the back. I mean, they're the way they connect the the backs and forwards interlinking, just connect with each other. It's it just shows they've been together for a while. They know each other. They play off each other. You know, you can start um, Roland or Harrison. At 10 and and they just seem to have like I know they've been going with Harrison at 10 but either one it, it's just what they can bring any changes you might see Cleal going into second row and they still bring the same physicality the interesting thing about them is that they are they're so good that they all want to put on their best performance when they're out there because they know they're fighting for a, a starting World Cup uh, spot you know what I mean so they could be walking the championship which they are you know I think they've scored is it over 200 160 points or, or something like that and only 10 scored against them but they're really putting it in because there's so much competition amongst the team and Ali as we're looking at it now like it, it's very tough to even mention where Ireland can exploit an area is there anywhere that we can see that Ireland can I suppose really get one over them well, I think it was really interesting to watch what Wales tried to do. They really tried to ruffle their feathers, get in their faces. You know, you saw Shannon Harris really shoving Marley Packer. Pretty deliberate because in the past, Marley Packer's been the kind of player who's responded to that and gotten herself in trouble and she didn't. And I think England just sort of, you know, I'm not interested in this and, and, and whatever. I think the one thing that's really important, it's a really fundamentally basic thing to say is we've got to try and stay in touch for the first half first 50 60 minutes because England do pull away from teams in the last 20 because they're so fit they're so conditioned they're fully professional have been for a few years so they've always got that extra gear to go into and if you're already way off course with 60 minutes gone that that last 20 is painful and I think you know Ireland have really you know a little bit extra little bit of extra motivation a little bit of extra sort of eyeballs on them on, at the crowd and, and I think they've got to use that and get up to get themselves up emotionally for this game never hard to do against England I know but you don't want to be 40 50 points down after a half or or 50 minutes against England because the pain is yet to come when they really you know put the put the gas in. and I think my worry for Ireland well among many this weekend frankly is that the players they're bringing in are cold and they haven't been playing. And I think that's a really, that, that's going to be really tough for them. You know, international rugby is brutal. It's not the AIL, it's not the, you know, the Interpros. And there are players coming who haven't played at all or played, you know, very limited amount of, of minutes. And, and I think that's a really brutal cauldron to throw them into. So my best advice, this is why I'm not an international coach, is to stay in touch for as long as you can and hope for the best. Fiona will have something more strategic to say, I'm sure. I know. I, I I think I think what would be interesting, Ali, if they could change up their defensive system, so not just stick with the same type of defense for the whole game. So whether it's a hammer press, whether it's a, an easy, but I think if you leave England, have quick ball at the ruck time, you're in massive massive problem. Now Wales slow down their ball for the first twenty minutes, as you said, Ali, and it worked there thereabouts but they weren't going to be able to sustain that for the whole match so if Ireland can bring that in and out of the game at times and still keep as Ali said within touch and distance I mean you're probably looking at trying to keep them as low on the scoreboard as possible and maybe try and get a few uh, scores themselves I'm delighted that they've sorted out um, the, the line out issues from the last day 
but I'm I'm looking forward to see how it goes against an English second row and back row because they literally fire up. They would have seen that Ireland were struggling at times and went quick to the front. Now England have seen that. So they're going to be ready and waiting to contest that front. So that line was going to be a crucial area. I think if they can get a quick ball and a strike on the ball in our own scrum, we'll have a quick platform. So it's about doing things at pace, doing the simple things really well. But defensively, I think you need to shake it up, change it at times, come in narrow, hammer, different types of defence throughout the game, whether they'll all be on the same page from, you know, they haven't trained enough together, whether they can do that and bring that in game will be interesting to see. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, you mentioned the breakdown. England, the speed England are recycling the ball is phenomenal. You know, there's a couple of seconds, I think, the highest, the highest, the quickest kind of rate uh, in, in the Women's Six Nations. Yeah, you've got to try and slow that ball down because the players, they have coming in on different angles, different lines, you know, all of these things, they get to practice so much more frequently than Ireland. It does make it hard to defend against. But um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm not that hopeful. And as you said as well, Ali, you know, it, it is a completely different squad nearly this week. A lot of the girls are coming in cold just for people at home. Because of the sevens, um, the squad is depleted really with the confirmation of Stacey Flood, Lucy Mulhall, Eve Higgins, Amy Lee, Murphy Crow and Bathing Persons are not going to be available for the game. But we have heard that Laura Feely, Laura Sheehan, Mary Healy, Shannon Tui, Sene um, and the young cap pair then of Neve Byrne and Alice O'Dowd are coming back. So some really good news there. Um, Fiona, for you to see Sene coming back into the mix. Yeah, I just, I think the whole thing is strange about Sene. I'm going to be honest. I'll tell you why. If you knew you were going to bring Sene, I think Sene is going to start. So if I know Sene, I'm going to need Sene for the last two games. Why wouldn't I just have her in training the whole time with the squad learning your calls? She hasn't been in that um, environment with that um, coaching staff before because as we know, it's a new one this year. So I, I thought if they brought her in a little bit earlier because they know she's going to be in there. Now, apparently she trained immensely on Saturday. She's been over with Exeter Chiefs so she's someone that's going to be um, you know she's been training hard she's been flying over and back to England I've been talking to her and she looks good like she's physically looks ready I, I was sitting on um, the telly with her and I put my jacket on because her arms were absolute ripped and I was like oh my god I'll have to cover up here I couldn't deal with that so she's definitely in a good physical shape but I just think system wise and running off each other it would have been great if she was in there maybe not starting maybe everyone was starting ahead of her but constantly training because she's She's a senior figure now in that camp, so she might have been good to have around chatting, you know, getting in the mix. So so with that, I'm delighted to see her back in. I think if she's starting, it probably is the correct decision because she's played England before. She 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 understands the game. She's training over in England, as I said, with Exeter. So she, she'll be in good shape. Um, but it's I, I really would have liked to have seen her brought in maybe before last week, but that's that's just my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a bit surprising because it's not as if this is a surprise to know the sevens was coming around the corner we're going to be losing these players so to have the likes of Sene there with her experience and she's playing well I thought it was strange she wasn't in the squad from the from the get-go to be honest I don't know Ali what did you make of um I suppose Sene coming back and coming back so so late now yeah I I find everything puzzling about the Irish strategy at the moment to be honest I think that that is one that is odd um, you know, you, you've set out why, and I, and I agree. The other is, if you knew, you know, this is not an easy position for Greg McWilliams and his coaching team. You want to play your best players all the time, but if you if you knew you, for the last two games you were going to lose most of that backline, why wouldn't you mix up a bit more so the players aren't coming in totally fresh and they've actually had a little bit of international rugby under their belts? Why wouldn't you do half an hour or start a start a couple? I mean, we're going to have a brand new midfield, brand new 
set of wingers, basically. Um, and, and yeah, I, I find that odd as well. So it, it doesn't seem to be kind of the pieces don't seem to be joined together brilliantly. I don't know what kind of communication there's been between, you know, David Nassafora, McNulty. I, mean, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I find it odd. She's got to start, Senna. I mean, she has to. Um, we need experience, not just in terms of ability, but a bit of leadership in that back line. And she will bring that for you. But it doesn't, you know, I thought it was interesting that Greg was talking about how well she played in the AIL. I mean, just oceans apart from what she's going to be asked to do uh, this weekend. But but we need her and she, she you know, hopefully she'll be playing at 12. Yeah, absolutely. It is a very unique position, I suppose, uh, that Ireland find themselves in at the minute, that the, the crossover of the sevens players, because England and France, they've almost entirely different squads. And then you have Italy, Wales and Scotland, who then are not involved, Fiona. So it, it's quite unique to, to Ireland. Yeah, it is. It's unique at the minute. I, I, I presume going forward, they'll have to sit down and see because the six stations in a different window probably will cross over with the seven. So they'll have to sit down going forward, seeing what they want to do. Um, in Ireland, obviously, we don't have England are lucky. They, they can afford to have like two separate squads, maybe have one or two that go between both when it comes to World Cups or, or big games. Um, but in Ireland at the minute, but... To, to be fair, I think Greg to, has outlined from the start that they will be going. I agree with Ali. Why not get um, someone in? But he he wanted to play the three games. I suppose pressure came on maybe after the Wales game. The Wales lost, so and they had to get that win in Italy. And um, maybe he was thinking about changing things up a little bit in that, but then he couldn't because obviously they didn't get that win yet, and there was pressure on in that way. So now you've guys, uh, girls going in um, a lot roar. I, I think there could even be people from AIL going straight into the starting lineup um, that that wouldn't have played. I think that season, I think we finished maybe about four weeks ago. Um, so um, you'd wonder why they weren't brought into camp a little bit earlier. Look, but it is what it is. And 20,000 people, this is going to be brilliant for those players to get out. The pressure is on. And, you know, we could be talking about we Sonny Bill, Manning, you know, she came out of nowhere in the last couple of seasons. We could be just saying the same about a player that's absolutely going to shine and it's their chance and he's given them a go and I'm excited for them. Sene um, Enya Breen probably will come in with Sene. I know she's come on in a couple of games. Um, I've coached Enya. I've played her a long time. I think she's absolutely brilliant. We haven't seen the best of her yet and hopefully this game we'll see what she can really offer as well with Sene to help her along and chat alongside her. Yeah, it's so exciting for these players to be getting a chance and we'll really look forward to seeing them in action. And just as you mentioned, the crowd, we're on for a record crowd at Welford Road. Ali, do we know what the, the ticket sales are like at the minute? They were at 15,000 early yesterday. I haven't checked today, but I, I mean, I'd be surprised if it didn't get beyond that sort of, you know, 17, 18 mark, which would be obviously brilliant. Um, and England got a huge crowd last week down in Gloucester as well. So, yeah, it... I, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about coming straight out of club rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> You'd be great in, Fiona. <laughs> well, I haven't played international rugby, right? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I have found it frustrating, though. I think, yeah, you're right. I, I suspect maybe the plan went out the window when they lost to Wales because then, you know, you're going to France, you can't pick brand new players because that's a 50-point loss, going to be an 80-point loss, and no one wants that. Then you've got to beat Italy, therefore it was very difficult. But... It is strange. Like there is nothing. I mean, I think it's important to say there is nothing riding on this World Series round in Langford next week. Ireland are not going to get relegated. It doesn't look like because Russia already out. 
They haven't qualified for the Sevens World Cup yet. They actually have to qualify, but they absolutely will. There's four Europe places. France are already through and Russia are out. So, you know, they will. So I I would really love it if someone from the IRFU, David Nassifora probably, not Greg McWilliams, who has enough on his plate to get these players, you know, ready, came out and just explained what what is it about this weekend that's so important? And, you know, be honest about the priorities and the choices that you're making, because at the end of the day, they've made a choice this weekend to deprioritize the Six Nations. Now, on the one hand, you can say, all right, well, these players are played to play sevens. There's a sevens competition there from that's what they should be playing. But on the other, if you started them in three and you've prioritized that and you've said, OK, well, this is an important competition to us. It's very strange to suddenly you know, rip the plaster off and say, well, well, we're leaving. And actually, I think it's terrible for the Six Nations. You know, come out of Ireland's position for a second and look at this from a big picture. It devalues the competition at a time when it is really riding high in terms of momentum and interest. And I think that's a real shame. I, I would be very frustrated. I'm using a diplomatic word there. If I worked in marketing or whatever for Leicester or for England or for the Six Nations itself, and you have this massive showpiece record crowd, free to air telly, everyone talking about it. And one team showing up with half their players and you know missing or in another country. So, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Yeah, it's definitely not ideal. It is frustrating. Do you find it strange, Fiona? Yeah, it is strange. And, you know, there's another interesting thing as well, you know, that I, I'm looking forward to see how she gets on is Emer Considine. Um, so she was someone that played the first two games. Uh, I haven't talked and I don't know, but I would presume she was she wasn't injured. So I presume she was knocked off the 22 completely on form. Um, and then you she has to come back into to this squad and play because obviously the backs have been de- depleted. So I, I'm interested. I'd love to know how Greg approached that with her. You know, um, is her confidence high? Because he'll have to keep her confidence high because she's a player that obviously maybe missed a couple of tackles she would have been disappointed um, and and then to not to not make the 23 at all but knowing that she will have to come in in two day, in two games later a game later is a funny one as well so so she's a player um, and you really will really see his man management skills come into place when we see how she how she plays and how she links up with everyone else around her because she's she's a really really good player and I suppose we saw the best in the sevens. They're full-time, they're training. I understand why they're in there. At times, they, they looked really, really good. But um, but to not start someone and ha- and know they will be coming immediately back into your starting lineup for the next game um, is, is an interesting one as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we have some uncapped girls as well in there. And Eve Byrne and Alice O'Dowd. You, Fiona, actually made your debut against England. Can you bring us back to that day? <laughs> I love talking about this, Ashley. You know I love it. It was, the, it, it was one of the luckiest. I was, I was lucky to be born in whatever year I was born. So it was up in um, Ashburn and it was when Ireland, in 2013, when Ireland beat um, England 25-0. I came on for the last 20 minutes of the game and my tag for the rest of the year was I've never lost England compared to everyone else in the team because they'd all played him before. So I was like, so it was too easy for me. I was like, this is simple. What, what, how is this such a big deal? We, we done it, no problem. And of course, Ali Miller and her hat-trick, but um, no, what a game to play in. Um, what a pitch and, and what a time. But um, as I said, it was just pure luck that I was around that year and uh, you had great players playing that day. And, um, you know, we hope that we'll go on and be able to have days like that again in the future because I tell you one thing, uh, I, I, I'm still, 
I'm still partying on that. And it's, uh, and it's, it's what, seven, uh, nine years later. <laughs> but what a debut, especially because it's against England. That's something else. And Ali, I suppose it is a big occasion at any time in any sport when it's Ireland and England. Do you feel the buzz in London? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I went to uh, the Ireland game at Twickenham uh, in the men's Six Nations and obviously it was a great day for me, surrounded by English people. <laughs> um, so that was great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't live too far from Twickenham either, so I, I get to as many of the Ireland England games as I can. Yeah, there's always a bit extra, isn't there? I mean, 2013, 2015, mm. God, they were gr- glory days. Um, they were just fantastic. And, and I think the 2013 one in particular... Um, I've actually written a book about the history of women's rugby, which is out in July, which is about the global game, not just Ireland. But you know, I, I talked to a few of the players from the 2013 team, and God, like what you know, I think we forget just how unbelievably momentous that was. You know, I, I remember, you know, there were players who were involved. Like Lynn Cantwell is one of them who played in that 79 nil absolute mm. thrashing back in 2002, who were then still in the team in 2013. And I think for players like that, the others watching, Sarah Jane Belton was watching, Patrick Kelly, you know, they'd been through all these bad, bad days in Ireland. And I think 2013 was just amazing. And you're right to dine off that forever. <laughs> how, how many of us can say we've won a grand so very I, I still go, I still go into work wearing the medal underneath my jumper every day. <laughs> And as well at the moment for Ireland, like it is a really exciting team, a young team. And I think we, I suppose we need to, to remember that too. And we have all of this with the sevens and the players leaving and new players coming in. But it, but it is exciting, Fiona. We, there is a good future now to, to look to. Yeah, we've seen some brilliant performances. I mean, I know she's gone with sevens, but how good has Eve Higgins been? Like, she's been absolutely immense. We talked about the likes of Sam Mon, and we're going to see her in, a, in an Ireland jersey for a long time. We got a we got a little bit of Avian Riley. She's another young person who I saw light up the AIL. She was absolutely brilliant. She just needs a bit more time um, at international level. I know Catherine Dane came on and we saw probably a, a bit more composure against Italy, but R- Riley's going to get better and better as she goes, and she's definitely someone who's who's always looking to learn you can just see it in how she approaches things um in the pack we we have like great players as well Neve Jones is quite young she's re- you know like she's improving with every game I think we focus a little bit too much on her set piece um I, well I did as an analyst at the start and it was when I went outside of that and looked at her work right around the pitch she's really really good she carries hard and she her clear outs and she's first at every rock arrival so there there's a load of players with a load of talent you've got Aoife Doyle you know they're just um, it's just trying to gel these together and I suppose we talked about England and the fact that they train so much together and they play together they've got their cohesive squad this Ireland team as Ali said now has four years the more we see them playing off each other be it Nicole Cronin at 10 or, or, or wherever I think they are going to gel and get better and better and we've seen a nice style of rugby that Greg wants to play you know it's it's he, he does like to get the ball wide he does like to play He's, he, he talks about keep ball alive KBA you know it's a big phrase of his and we've seen Ireland do that at times and the more they play with each other the more they'll be able to compatible and be together and, we, and see how each other run and see offloads so I, I think we will see a good style of rugby and it's developing game by game a bit disappointing against France but they put their hands up and said there was too many errors and we saw that change against Italy this England game although we mightn't be looking at a big win I, I'm excited to see how these players react to, to having 20,000 people watching them and you know going out there with absolute nothing to lose as well. Yeah, it's a massive occasion for these players to, to step into that, to have so many people there to watch them. I suppose, Ali, it shows how much the game has come on too. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been watching women's rugby for far too long, um, but I but I can remember going to games that you know, fifty to hundred people there, uh, and you know, mostly people's families and friends and so on. Um, so yeah, I think the game the game is it's a, it's accelerated every single year, but this last year has just sort of seen it go to another level. I described someone else as like ten years of growth in in one. Um, yeah, and I think just to, to add to Fiona's point, yeah, there's a lot to be positive about in Ireland. Like, it, it is easy to sort of say, oh, it's so frustrating. We're going to get probably beaten quite badly this weekend. It's going to be terrible. But I think if you step back, you know, the review that we had last year, you know, ha- has resulted in some immediate changes with new appointments and so on. And hopefully we'll get the other review out into the grassroots game and we'll be able to join those two things up. You know, I have I have a feeling that Kevin Potts is serious about um, change. And he it seems to me, I don't know him, uh, but everything I hear about him and his interaction with the players through that process has been good and positive. Greg McWilliams seems like a great guy. Um, and Neve Briggs is in there. The, the players you've already talked about, you know, they really young, exciting players. I mean, yeah, like some of the, I mean, Eve Higgins is one of the best, most exciting backs I've seen in any team anywhere. I mean, I just, I just think she's amazing. Um, so exciting. And loads of others that you named, Linda, particularly yeah. in the front row, has had a great competition. So there's a lot to be excited about. But I think, you know, there, there's also still just like, we're, we're, this weekend is a little bit of a hangover of what was happening that wasn't so good in terms of the Irish structure in the last few years. Uh, and, and we're still kind of paying the price for that. Now it's changing. Um, and it will get better and we will develop our talent pool and we'll bring in ahead of, um, you know, someone looks to look after the pathways and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, the, the right now and here is still tough, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the future. Yeah, exciting times ahead and a massive occasion this weekend. Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. My thanks to Fiona Hayes and Ali Donnelly for joining me on the Six Nations show. Next Tuesday, midday, we're going to be coming live from Vodafone HQ for the final Six Nations show. Fiona Hayes will be with us once again and Grace David as well is going to be joining us. So be sure to tune in. And finally, we wish Ireland all the very best of luck this weekend in the Six Nations game away to England. The Women's Six Nations Show on OTB Sports. In association with Vodafone. Proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.